Healthcare and senior care is fraught with problems and challenges, but we're also seeing some amazing new clinical treatments and resources. This show will help illuminate and uncover the good, bad, and the ugly in order to equip patients, families, and other healthcare providers. Welcome to Senior Care Confidential. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Senior Care Confidential. I'm here with my guest host, uh, Joe Alch. Hi there. And we are here talking with uh, Christina Hodak from Sage Oak um, about uh, assisted living options. We know that there's a lot of options, especially here in the DFW area. There's a ton from any ranging from small to large and everything in between. Um, And Sage Oak um, of Denton seems to be a blending of the best of both worlds, both of the intimate small setting, but also having, because of the way you guys design your property uh, and your community, there are also some benefits of having the large, large the large scale as well. So before we introduce uh, Christina, let's go look at a recent video that highlights the new flagship location in Denton called Sage Oak of Denton. Even the little things, right? So, so obviously the kitchens being designed for smaller groups and, and all that—that—that's awesome. Uh, but even the fact that every individual building has its own covered driveway. So, just that one little thing, to me, really shows how much thought that they're putting into it. The beautiful design, the open floor concept—it's—it's it's beautiful. It's like living in your dream home, but it's functional as well. The overhang out front is a really nice. Uh, option to have because of the transporting in and out uh, to be covered from the rain is amazing. Uh, The technology package was incredible. I think that's really a way to stay in contact with your family members. What stands out the most is that it's boutique and what boutique means it's personalized spaces for those that are looking for a home feeling environment. So I love the fact that there's kitchens within every one of the buildings so that they can have that personalized experience for their dietary needs. I love the fact that the nursing center, that um, the office you can see from all angles, that there's cameras throughout, that there is a huge radius in the bathrooms if you are in a wheelchair, if you're wheelchair bound to be able to move around, there's a really good amount of space in there. There's just so many small details. I mean, everything from the internet to you know being equipped and future-proof, uh, to the furniture coming from Medline. I mean, the, all these little details really make this community stand out. What I love, um, another thing was the walkways, the outside walkways for the residents. And with physical therapists coming out, I, I loved that it, it is a real natural way. For, you know, when somebody's working with a therapist, they're actually walking outside. And I, I think that's just very unique. We are so excited to have Christina here. Thank you so much for being here. And as a care manager, I am asked all the time, who do you recommend for an assisted living or skilled nursing or, um, you know, independent living? And my answer is always residential care home. (laughs) So there are 900 options in DFW. I don't know if you're aware of that. 900 home options. And it's a (laughs) lot. And so for the layperson whose husband is in the hospital and is told he can no longer be home, be at home safely, 
um, I'm going to give you a list of 900 places and you've got 48 hours to make a decision. Um, this happens all the time. And that's why we step in as care managers to help with that. Um, but I love the residential care home. I love the concept. Um, so tell us a little bit, what is a residential care home and why is Sage Oak so unique? Sure. Well, first, thank you very much for having me on. I'm excited to be here with you guys, and I would love to do that. I think that the residential care home truly is a home option. And lots of places say they are, you know, it's home-like environment. And our motto is, why choose home-like when you can choose a home? You know, being in an actual home setting, you have that intimacy you have a familiarity. You know, we do a lot of uh, memory care, Alzheimer's, dementia residents. And so every little bit that you can harness from what they've known all their life is so helpful for them to kind of find their place in the home setting. A lot of times the larger communities, it's easy to get lost in the mix. Mm-hmm. Um I started my career in those larger settings, so I know firsthand, you know, how they operate. And I know that for me personally, I just had a conflict of where my nursing brain kicked in to the business side. And I was like, I think it could be done so much better. And then I discovered the care home model. And in my opinion, and from everyone that I've seen, when you get to the point where you are needing more focus on more individualized mm-hmm. care, more attention, a little higher acuity, mm-hmm. a care home is the, the best way to so go. For the listeners, I know in an assisted living, the ratio, to share, what is the ratio difference between an assisted living and a residential care home? It's astounding the difference. Mm -hmm. So just as an example, a community that I was the executive director over, it was assisted living, and the ratio was one caregiver to about every 20 residents. Wow. And there were approximately 40 apartments on that property. So you're looking at two caregivers per shift. Now, you did have, you know, the dietary department that was providing the meals and you did have office staff, but those people aren't actually answering call lights, passing out medications. I'm just thinking in terms of the, <clears throat> if you got 20 residents you're trying to take care of and I'm, I'm the lone caregiver for those 20 and it takes me on average, I don't know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes to do a dressing, dressing and bathing in the mm-hmm. morning. That's an entire day. But you think about yeah. the nights. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I pronounced wow. a patient at a nursing home in Terrell. I'll never forget it. There was a nurse there. I went out like two in the morning to pronounce. I was doing hospice at the time. And the nurse said to me, my aide, which meant she had one aide for a hundred patients. She said, wow. my aide called in sick. I'm by myself and I have 95 patients that I'm taking care of. She said, would you mind staying to help? And and as you know, as a healthcare provider, you can't, I, I can't provide care for patients that are not my no. patients and just the liability. But I felt so sorry for her. And this was pre, pre-COVID, pre, yeah. you know, nursing shortage. Um, and it makes such a difference. So when you need to go to the bathroom and you've got back issues and you've got to have help to get to the bathroom and you have to wait sometimes up to 45 minutes for somebody to help. 
you know, then you're in the wrong place. Yeah. And a lot of times you don't wait. Right. And that leads to them being incontinent. And then you wonder, are they incontinent or are they incontinent because they couldn't get help to Mm -hmm. get to the bathroom and now they're left with no other option. And then there's the dignity issue that goes with that. So while I've scared you to death with the ratio that was there, so I would say it probably averages, you know, one caregiver to every 15 to 20 would be something that I think would be absolutely realistic to assume. Uh, So for Say Joke, we separate assisted living and memory care. We have different houses on our property. So for assisted living, our minimum ratio is one caregiver to every eight residents. And for memory care, we do one caregiver to every five residents. Now, in each home, we only have a maximum of 16 residents that live in each environment. So if you have a really low acuity assisted living, you would have two caregivers for 16, but we do have private chefs in the home that are preparing the meal. So the caregivers aren't taking on that. We have activities director that's keeping everyone engaged. And for memory care, you would have three people per shift in addition to the support of the ancillary folks. I did. I used to do, I still do. I I read, you know, this, I I read all the time. And so, um, as I was studying up on senior living trends and senior healthcare trends, all these kind of things over the, over the last several years, one of the things that, that, um, is remarkable to me is there've been a lot of authors and, um, we'll call them thought leaders in the space who have attributed a lot of the challenges we see in assisted living to an outdated model. And so what, what worked in the 1980s when it was more of like a country club lifestyle moving into assisted living mm-hmm. versus like I've got three or four ADLs, activities of daily living um, that need I, that I need to assist with. It's a very different space now than it was, you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago. And so they've also done um, some studies on, um, I think the number is 92% of patients or let's say resident for me, it's patients, but yeah. resident residents. Well, you interchange. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, I try to avoid that, but yeah. Um, so Paul, um, but 92% of the residents who move into assisted living have either a failure, um, in health or decline in health or in safe function. And so when you look at that and you're like, man, nine out of 10 people who move into assisted living are not looking for the country club lifestyle mm-hmm. that right. the traditional ales were kind of built around in the 1980s and 90s. These people are actually needing that, that one-on-one more individualized care, which is why, you know, Joe and I both like the smaller, the smaller models, mm-hmm. but with Sage Oak though, it's a little bit different. So you guys have individual, so there's individual residential care homes in um, Dallas, yes, but then in Lake Charles, Louisiana, and now the new one in Denton, it's a little bit of a different flavor. It's a, it's almost like a mansion. So it's a big home, yeah. <laughs> but it's, but there's still the, the number of residents is kept to, to as much smaller, more manageable um, number with a better caregiver ratio and they're individual homes. And so you'll have six to even, I don't know if you're going to get like 10 on the, on the acreage you guys have potentially, but you have the benefits of having uh, a lot, the larger scale as well in that building as well. So I think it's, I think it's a beautiful blending of both. Yeah, it is. It really is the best of both worlds. You know, we kind of cut our teeth on the properties in Dallas. We've got four individual homes in kind of the Preston Hollow area, and they are just traditional houses in regular neighborhoods, which is great. That's definitely a home environment there. But we learned that there are certain limitations with that model. The care staff are in the homes 24-7, of course, but management has to kind of toggle between those. And even though they're not far apart, there's still some challenges 
challenges because yeah. it's still Dallas traffic and you're right. waiting through lights and school zones and stuff. Yep. So the idea for the campus was to merge both of those things. You're also limited like in Dallas for activity involvement when you only have our homes in Dallas are licensed for eight people in each home. So you are kind of restricted yeah. on how much engagement you can actually have because of those eight, are all eight going to participate? Maybe only half of them can. Uh -huh. um, so we like the campus model because now we have six homes yep. mm -hmm. on about, we got about 20 acres there in Denton. We put six houses off with 16 individually in each house, but now we can scale right? We can have one entertainer happening in one house. We can have another genre of music happening in another house while we have a painting party going on in a third house. And the residents can move within their own neighborhood. Yes. And for the management team, we have a house. It's a seventh house. It's just the administrative offices. So we're there on campus. So if we need to assist with something going on to a home, we're just walking across the yard sure. to the next house. So it's given us a whole lot of flexibility and uh, allowing an even better quality of life in a small yeah. setting mm -hmm. because we have the best of both worlds combined there. Yeah. So I have a patient that very wealthy owned several restaurants and went to a high profile community in Dallas inside the loop and said he would not have fed the food that he was served to his dog and moved back home and wound up with around-the-clock nursing and as happy as can be. Um, but one thing I remember about the open house, because I did go and I loved yeah. it, I was so impressed, was the food. And and I'm a Louisiana girl, a mm -hmm. South Louisiana, and I love my gumbo and po' boys and French fries and daiquiris yeah. and <laughs> the drive-through daiquiris. Um, but anyway, so tell us about the food. Like I, I know that it's what I remember it being delicious. So oh, tell yeah. me about the food for your residents. Well, and it's been consistent. It is still second to none. Our executive chef is also from Louisiana, Chef uh, Larry Atwater. I've He's actually him. celebrating his one-year anniversary with the company today. Uh, we are thrilled that he's with us. It is truly like five-star cuisine every meal of the day. Um, again, he's the executive chef, so he is cooking in one of the houses. And now that we're growing and opening the other houses, he is training other chefs now under him that he's overseeing. That's and awesome. Each chef is in each house. That way, that chef is only having to cook for a maximum of 16 people. You can do a whole lot mm -hmm. when you're not mass producing it for, you know, 50 to 100 plus people. Y'all are clinicians. Uh -huh. uh, I am as well. How many times have you been in properties where you've just had to grab something to eat, either lunch or dinner, because you were seeing patients? And it's like, I will because I need it, but I don't <laughs> I want insurance. it. Yeah. That's the opposite yeah. for us at Sage Oak. People want to come and eat meals with their families yeah. because he he not only makes quality, like just truly good food, he plates it beautifully. Mm -hmm. He makes it an experience mm -hmm. for them. Even though we are a home setting and we don't have the restaurant style dining, which is on purpose yeah. by design, we still wanted them to have an experience because a lot of them aren't getting out 
to go to restaurants any longer. There's no reason they should have to sacrifice great experiences and great food, which is part of our slogan. We are great care, great food, and great communication. So we really want to nail it. I love that the families can eat because so many times communities, they say they're the cruise ship on land and there are all these buffets and happy hours. And in reality, there's not. There's watered down Mm -hmm. wine at happy hour. And you know, the buffet is eggs, bacon, and toast, you know. So, um, and I know you all practice what you preach on that. Yeah. So another question. So I've got a family. I'm just, you know, we've got a family that maybe that client has um, a caregiver four hours a day. And they just, they know that they need a higher level of care. They mm-hmm. need 24-hour care. So if if this client wants to bring his caregiver for the first couple of weeks as a transition, is that a possible thing to do? Absolutely. We are in full support of that. Because again, anything that can keep a sense of normalcy for these residents, moving into any community environment, it's a huge undertaking. And when I sit with families, I kind of describe it as they're going to go through a sense of mourning almost because it's a loss, especially the ones that are coming from their home that they built with their spouse, they raised their children in, and suddenly they're giving all of that up and they're having to move into, it's still a group setting, even if it is a home, there is a loss there that they're going to have to get through. And for them to have anything familiar, especially a caregiver. If they've got a caregiver in their home for six, eight hours out of a day, they've developed a relationship Mm -hmm. with that person. So we're in full support. We never require that uh, of families because, of course, that's a separate expense than what ours is. But we definitely want to work as a team with private duty caregivers, if that's what families choose, with home health companies, with hospice companies. We really view it as a team effort and guidance when we tell the family member that they're the boss. We're just going to guide and give you our opinions on what we think would be helpful, but it's still ultimately their choice how they choose to run it. Sure. Now, I know because I'm friends with your owner, Lowe. Yeah. um, I know you guys won, I think last year, the year before, the first property that was similar to Denton, which I think you guys have actually made some improvements from then Mm -hmm. too. The first property won an architecture award, a national award for architecture for senior living. So tell us more about that. That's amazing. Yeah. It won an architectural design award for the layout of the community. You know, it was designed around well, several things, uh, but one being a fall reduction. There's lots of the, you know, the larger, we, we call them big box communities, and most of them are built pretty similarly. They're all built like either in a big square, there's a courtyard in the center, or they're built like in a big L and there's long hallways. And in all of those hallways, you always see couches periodically placed, little easy chairs, mm-hmm. That's because they're so long that these residents are on walkers or canes. They have to rest to get from their apartment, maybe to the dining room, maybe to an activities area, another recreational area that the community offers. And in long hallways, you have the probability for bad things to happen, like falls. And when we already hit on staffing ratios and how those are low, if you have a fall in one of those long hallways, one of the other maybe two to three caregivers in these large communities, it may take them a while to find you. 
you know, maybe they forgot their call button. So we designed ours and each home is about 8,500 square feet, but our longest hallway is no more than about 45 feet from the end of the hall to the center of the activity. All of our common space is in the center of the home and our hallways all terminate in windows. So you have natural light coming through as well, not just the fluorescent light, yeah. dark hallways, ending in walls that are also confusing to a lot of people yeah. that have dementia. That's why they wander and they make circles. Yeah. There's no, there's no point to the end of the hallways. They just keep doing this. Right. So when you guys end them in windows, there's at least some focal point, something for them to look mm -hmm. out to yeah. that avoids some of that, that stuff. That can redirect. Yeah. So, so another question, and I know with that walking, you know, people get tired and you know, one thing I don't like is going into an assisted living and my nose, I do that nose test, the nurse's nose test, and I can smell that that light scent of urine, mm -hmm. you know, um, camouflaged with room deodorizer. And your home smells so fresh. Thank and you. what is the difference? What is it about your furniture? I mean, I know it just how do you avoid these Incontinence. Yeah. Well, we don't avoid incontinence, unfortunately. No, but how do you avoid the odor from those kind of things going on? So, so it's a combination of a few things. One, we don't have carpet anywhere in our homes. We also made it a point to get medical grade furniture. You may have noticed on the clip that was shown in the beginning that we get all of our common area furniture from Medline. It is rated for incontinence. It doesn't absorb the urine. It doesn't absorb the odor. It has the antimicrobial wow. shield. Yeah. So that's insanely helpful. And a lot of people at our open house when they came to tour, they're like, wow, you have white recliners <laughs> and senior living room. Yes, we do. And they're still white. If you come and look at them today, we've been open since August there. I need them for my 10 year old. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It'd be great to have at home with you have kids awesome. too. But we do that. Um, we just tried to think about all of the pitfalls of all of these buildings that all of the management team have witnessed firsthand in, communities and organizations that we've worked for in the past. And everybody just tried to come together and make the best scenario possible. We like to think we are an innovative company. So we're always changing and evaluating so that we can continue to provide the, the leader. One of the things that I really loved, we'll, we'll go back to the kitchen for a second, because, you know, in our, in, I, I don't know if it's just I, th I think it's human, his human history. If you think about like some of the most important times during your life, like weddings, Funerals, there's always mm -hmm. food, sales presentations, there's usually like some food, food involved because there's something about, I don't know, our, our human experience that involving fellowship. all these sense, yeah. you know, these sensations of, of taste and community food and all this and kind of stuff. Yeah. So one of the things I, yeah, exactly right. <laughs> one of the things I love about Jell's kitchen is it's in the center of the home. Yeah. I love and it. And it's like, a home's kitchen. It's mm -hmm. not like a galley kitchen. It's actually right out there. So the, the chef island. cooks like a, like it's a bocce style. Yeah. Um, and I think one of the things that uh, y'all had learned from your late Charles property is didn't you guys lower the bar yeah, so that bit. you could actually sit up to it. It is and ADA so compliant. They are literally too. sitting there watching just like feeling like when I go to my parents' house, we Thanksgiving dinner, yeah. whatever, we're all sitting around yeah, the, the bar in the kitchen and it's the same setup. If you go they over there at lunchtime, yeah. they do the same thing. So that is very unique that I don't see in any other community where yeah. like when you really understand like what food is for us as humans and the relational thing is just, you know, it's, it's incredible. We're to very see connected yes. to meals yeah. and, and, and I think that's one of the things in the architectural thing that that I enjoyed seeing too, because you guys have learned for each one of your locations. Mm -hmm. You go, okay, what do, what can we improve upon this? And yeah. when you see it, you're like, wow. Even so, to go so far as having the nurses station right there, where it's on a corner, 
and it looks out. The only places you can't see is on on a couple of those hallways, but the right. entire um, open area I is wide open. I love that nurse's face. Yeah. yeah, I do too. It is wonderful. It, so as a nurse, because I'd always wish I had eyes at the back of my head, <laughs> but I mean, you really can see everything going on. Yeah. So if there's a fall or somebody just looks like you can get right out there and help that. Yeah. Before we're going to, we're going to um, do a post cap or summary of our event on Friday, your event on Friday yes. for pajamas. Before we do that though, um, what are some of the things, some of the common either questions you get or even complaints as you are having new families come tour, say joke that you're hearing? Cause I'm sure you guys are learning oh, and yeah. you guys are iterating that are based, coming from other properties. Yeah. Cause you're, you're yeah. learning from, from failures of other places, your mm -hmm. own um, and also from other places. Like what are some things that you guys are hearing that, would be helpful for the audience to know about? Uh, empty promises is okay. mm -hmm. a huge Amen. theme. Uh, you know, I'm the executive director of the community. If you come tour with us, you're going to be touring with me. I also am doing the sales for the uh, low also is helping me. He's yeah. my backup, but <laughs> primarily you will talk to me and tour with me. And the difference there is when you go to other places, you probably tour with a marketing director, sales director, they're not always connected to the clinical side or the operational yes. side. Uh -huh. So with someone like that, it's easy for the, everybody's got their, their stuff that they've got to meet, right? Their numbers they've got to meet for the end of the month mm -hmm. in these companies. So sales is only focused on sales. They're not thinking about the big picture. When you're talking to me, it doesn't do me any good to give empty promises and thing tell you things that I know that we can't execute because I'm also the complaint department. So I would be setting myself <laughs> so up for failure. Yeah, yeah. So that is a huge theme is empty promises. And that's how I reassure families. Like it doesn't do me any good to sit here and tell you something that we can't handle. I'm only going to tell you what our current team at the time can handle based on who's already in the community. We don't want to overload our team. Yeah. We would rather turn someone away or put them on pause rather than jeopardize what we Absolutely. already have going on. We yeah. can wait. We want the right people at the right time. Okay. Um, and gosh, I guess uh, the other one is staffing ratios. You know, if, yeah. Uh, I would advise people if they're touring in other locations, ask them who is included in your staffing ratios. So many times other companies, companies that I've been a part of, coach you and tell you to include everybody, include the nursing director, the executive director, the mm -hmm. chef, the maintenance director, the lawn service, include all those people and tell them this is how many people we have per shift. That's not realistic. So we tell you how many care staff that we have yeah. on shift. And then we include the other people and tell you we have all these others, but these are the people the that primary. are direct care. Yeah. No, I gotcha. Yeah. And I have to say on that, you know, really do ask and go after hours. Oh, so yeah. <laughs> when you're interviewing, um, I went to a community back in February and it was a day we were going to have ice and I did a visit. I got to the community at 615 in the evening and they would not let me in. And I said, look, it's supposed to storm. I just want to make sure my clients, and I call them clients, mm -hmm. <laughs> my clients' oxygen's working, et cetera. And so I, I was allowed in after about 15 minutes of pushback. Wow. Um, when I got back, there were two people um, caring for about 70 people. They were barefoot. Some had no shirts on. It was like a scene from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Wow. It, it was terrible. Oh. So people do not believe that that stuff happens. It does. It does. You have to pop in. You've got to mm -hmm. check in. You've got to. And if you make them mad, 
then you need to be at a different community yeah, because they have, exactly. they have promised you, you've signed this paperwork because of what they've shared with you they're going to mm-hmm. provide. And if they don't, ask questions. You know, you you need to ask. So another thing, another one more question. I know everybody thinks that Medicare is going to pay 100% for assisted oh, living. Okay. I know, they pay for everything. So we oh. all know that's not true. And people say, what? No, my Social Security, what? So what is the cost range at Sage Oak? So we have assisted living and memory care. Our memory care is all-inclusive. So for our range, you're going to be looking anywhere from right under 8000 to about 8500 per month. And that is going to include all of your five-star meals, three meals a day from your executive chef. That's going to include the care that we're providing. Um, that also includes utilities and housekeeping and laundry activities. Um, we also include incontinent supplies in that. And it doesn't matter if they need a little bit of care right now and a whole lot later, that rate doesn't change based on their care needs because for memory care, that can vary daily. Assisted living, we do have care levels in assisted living. So you select your room and that can range anywhere from about 5,500 to about 6,500. And then care levels go on top of that, starting at 500 and terminating out at about 2,000 in addition to the rent. Okay. Okay. That's great. Yes. Somebody with memory issues that maybe, I know my mother was a a wanderer and Mm -hmm. uh, she would walk out the front door. I mean, no matter where she was, we couldn't, we had to put her in a memory unit for safety. And, you know, you, you have, there are a lot of add-ons that people, they don't explain up front. Right. You know, and so what I love about Sage Oak too, is you are honest about every expense and yeah. there are no surprises. So no. if you think you're getting a great deal at another community, ask questions mm-hmm. and reach out to Christina. It, I'm Absolutely. sure you're good with, look, yes, I want you to look at our community, but I want you to look at several others too. Yeah. And these are some questions you need to ask. Yep. So if they want to reach out to you, is that okay? Oh, absolutely. I love being a resource. Uh, you know, Sage Oak isn't the right fit for everybody. You know, not everybody's at that point in their life, but... We are a resource in the community in Dallas, Denton, Lake Charles. Um, I host a podcast as well, and it's about educating people on the aging process. So, yes, please reach out to me. I'm happy to to visit with anyone anytime. What's the best way for people to reach you? They can reach me at uh, DentonInfo at thesageoak.com. Okay. Or they can always chime into YouTube and subscribe to Senior Living Simplified. (laughs) Say that again, Senior Living Simplified. Senior Living Simplified. And anywhere you listen or view your podcast, you can find us there. Awesome. And Christina, I want to thank you. You all did a huge drive for Pajamas for Seniors, which was wonderful. And we've been getting those pajamas out. We've got an upcoming May distribution. And um, anyway, it's so exciting. So we need to get more for you. Blessing (laughs) people. So thank you so much for that. You're welcome. And then we did it. You hosted a uh, Pajamas for Seniors event at a local community we on did. Friday. So what's the, what's the update on that? So the update was great. We had a full crowd. Our our um, event was called the Love Boat, and it was um, just what does today's senior want? What does today's senior look like? What are their needs? You know, it's turn off Donny Osmond. We want the Rolling Stones. So. Yeah. 
you know, they're just different topics now than there were 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And so we have to meet the needs of our seniors. So it's a huge success. We were able to purchase about 500 nightgowns uh, for Mother's Day, which is so exciting. Not but good. we just talked about sex in communities, drugs mm-hmm. in communities, you know, um, the prescription drugs, yeah. um, cannabis and CBD and pot and um, and then we talked about music too, like what, how does music benefit? And a lot of time music is better than any pill they're going to prescribe. Oh, and yeah. there's statistics that show mm-hmm. you put on a song that resident likes and that's going to help be more helpful than a Xanax. Oh yeah. So it was great information. We're going to do it again next year. Um, but we're going to have a couple of them as guests. We, we so are. So we can get that information yeah, out for those that didn't get a chance to attend. Yes, we fun are. topics. Yes, yeah. they were very fun topics. And just another thing we did, which I know you guys at Sayjoke are great about activities for seniors. And oh, yeah. Um, I've had so many seniors say, Joe, if I have to play bingo one more time, <laughs> I'm going to jump off a bridge. Um, bingo and cutting out pictures in magazines is just not. It's it's disrespectful to our senior that might be a CEO of a bank that mm-hmm. has a little bit of a memory issue and he's having to cut and paste like he's in kindergarten. So we need activities that will really work those brains of those seniors. Oh, yeah. So um, we had some really fun. We had one group that stands out. It was a ukulele group. So this gentleman at this community loved to play the ukulele and he taught it. So what he did, he offered a class, and anybody at the community that was interested in joining the ukulele club, he would buy them a ukulele and teach them to play. (laughs) And so there were eight or nine of them, and they were fabulous. So they sang and played, and they got the crowd going. And That's cool. It's cool, and it's just something... What is it the seniors want? So ask your residents, what would you like to have in our community? What's what's something fun? Oh, yeah. You know? I left today to come here, and they were sculpting bonsai trees today. Oh, <laughs> that's very cool. We yeah. tried one of those a few a few weeks ago, and it died. So yeah, <laughs> I don't know if ours we're not did, very good but it was this, yeah. so fun. They had <laughs> so much fun success. doing it, and that, that's awesome. that engages the creative side of the brain yeah. that helps with dexterity because uh-huh. they're sculpting That's and cool. they have to think about it. So yeah, we, we like to do that too. We like to ask them what, when people move in, what do you like to do? We don't have mm-hmm. to just play bingo and just cut pictures out and make vision <laughs> yeah. boards all the time. <laughs> you know, no offense to anyone that likes that, but we've got more to live than that. That's right. Yeah. Very cool. This has been great. Thank it you has. so much. For Thank you. You've been such a great yeah. guest. You're so easy to talk to. And you know, if anybody wants information, call Christina. We'll have her information up as well. And follow and her show. She's got lots of great information. Your second guest was awesome. Yeah, my second <laughs> guest was awesome. <laughs> Mr. Brian Harmon <laughs> was my second guest. <laughs> Where's my invite? Hey, well, I can get my calendar out right now. We're getting Miss Joe Walsh on no, there. Too. <laughs> you know what? We just appreciate you so much. And really, you do practice what you preach. And you guys Thank are you. the real deal. And like I said, there are a lot of choices out there, um, but you all are a sure thing. You, yes. you do a great job, yeah. and Thank we y'all. just love promoting people that do best practices. Great. Thank you. Thank you so much. Right. Thank you. Thank you.